Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shelters by Jesus Radio. I am your host, Seth. I'm here with my co-host, Al. How are you, Al? Hello there. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. And we're going to continue our discussion in the book of Psalms. Psalm 51. So here's David, and he, he has sinned, and he understands that the thing to do when you've sinned is to go before a merciful, unfailing God with unfailing love, great compassion, who's able to blot out our transgressions and wash away all our iniquity and cleanse us from that sin. He's in a bad place. He's depressed. He understands that he sinned before God. Who hasn't been there and done that? Mm. And so here's the remedy. He says, I'm going to go before God. I'm just going to plead my case. I have no case, really, except that, Lord, you're merciful. You have that ability, and that's where he is. And so he goes on and just pleads his case. He confesses his sin. He asked that God, we left off in verse 10, 11, and 12, some of the most beautiful verses, I believe, uh, in the Bible. Uh, I know it's hard to say that because there's so many great ones, but mm. create in me a clean, a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to, to sustain me. Beautiful words from a loving God, working through a sinner David and... I find encouragement in that. I just absolutely, it just renews my strength when I read something like that because there's hope. There's hope. Yeah. Um, the most amazing thing I find about David is despite all these sins, God called him a man after his own heart. Yeah. How do you even equate that in, in our human understanding? How a murderer, an adulterer, and the heart of God? I don't, how do you equate that, Al? <laughs> Only that it's possible and and that we can rejoice in that because we're capable of all these horrible things. And yet he can still – he'll forgive us. He made made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Old Testament people, they were looking forward to to a Messiah. And on basis of that faith, they were essentially saved, Mm -hmm. as we would call it today, from that penalty. Uh, Looking forward to a Messiah as yet unnamed, we look back with perfect vision and, and see him for who he is. Right. Uh, he is the great I am. And and he sent his son because he so loved the world. He desired that relationship. And so it I just I'm hum- we're humbled by that. Uh, if you la- if you really contemplate that and think on that, how great is his love. His mm. mercies are new every day. And so it, it actually he's the air we breathe. We're able to move forward and live our life mm. and live and live his life through us. Really, that's the better way to say it. It's an amazing it's an amazing set of scriptures. I, I think uh, you know, we, we understand our weak points, but then sometimes it rears its ugly head again. Yeah. And well, I love that song that talks about graves to gardens. Yes. And one of the things it says is shame to glory, where God's glory is revealed because he does such a powerful work in your life that he changes the very person you are. If we look 11 Psalms before Psalm 40, one of my favorite ones is where David or the, it says from the director of music of David, a psalm. And it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. How difficult is that? Just a, just a beginning to be waiting patiently for the Lord, because sometimes you can feel like he's not listening or he doesn't care. But David said that he waited patiently. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, 
out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Well, that ties right in, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> David learned some lessons, and he he recorded them, mm-hmm. and so that that is that is beautiful. Yeah, graves to gardens. I just looked up the the lyrics. I, I love that, you know, and just it, it goes on and on and on. And there's so many covers on people that have done that song. Um, I'm not afraid to show you my weaknesses, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. It's it's just an amazing thing. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing nothing better than you. I know it's true. Those just beautiful, beautiful lyrics. That is a beautiful song, too. It's um, a very beautiful It was song. one Sunday I remember hearing that, like, on the radio. Our uh, Pastor Peter played that. Baldick played that uh, at Saturday service. And then I went to a Sunday service another at another church and just to uh, enjoy that. And they played it as well, too. It was, mm-hmm. it was James, who's been a guest of ours, too, James Blodgett. Yeah. And and everyone's playing it. I'm like, Lord, there's a message here, I think. Mm. you know. But I was so I was digging that, that song. Uh, but thank you for sharing that scripture that supported scripture, really. Yeah. yeah. After this, um, verse 15 in Psalm 51, which we've been unpacking, then I will teach transgressors your way and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing your right, of your righteousness. I, I, I like there's this consequence to confessing your sins and, and the blood guilt, as he mentioned, that his tongue will sing of righteousness instead of, you know, saying, oh, woe is me. Let's, let's just say, God, I'm going to sing of your righteousness. You've made me right before you. When God looks down, he sees his son in us, provided we've made that decision right. and, and accepted that, that call and uh, in, in that finished work. We, we will sing of your righteousness and... He enables us to teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will turn back to you. The opposite of, instead of sin producing sin, is here is a case in God's economy where, provided it's framed this way, uh, sin will produce people turning back to you. Mm. That's just an amazing thing. There's the consequence of it. You know what? People that have been made mistakes and have gone there— and hopefully they've learned from it. In God's economy, he, he, nothing will go to waste. So even those times when we've fallen and made mistakes, maybe even B.C., before Christ came into our life, we've learned from that. Mm. And we can teach then other people that. Now, look, there, number one is you can be forgiven. Number two is, you know, there's hope now for you. You can make a comeback. God's in the comeback business. Right. And, and maybe our listeners, <laughs> there's someone out there that's sitting there and just saying, oh, well, no. You don't really know me, but God knows you. And, and think of this. He, he, just like David, you can go before him, and he can turn and use that fall uh, for good. You know, that like, hey, look, even a believer can make mistakes, and he'll restore you. And I, I'm just I'm going to go tell other people that there's hope after the fall and that you can make a comeback. I, I just I love that. Then he's going to give you an ability to speak to other people in a way that can turn them from their evil ways. So God's going to take something ugly and evil and make it for good. Mm. 
and turn other people from their ways and say, look, there's another way. You can be healed of this. You can be, you can turn. It's not too late. Go ahead, make a U-turn and God's going to help you uh, with, with that turn. And so, and then instead of cursing God, we're going to be praising his holy name and singing of his righteousness. I mean, to be able to live in that forgiveness it's enough to make you sing i mean you know in the shower no one hears us but and in, in, in our own private time we can just like sing hallelujah amen glory to god thank you jesus if i can be real just for a minute al and we are being real the gospel is real and, and the truth of the gospel is definitely real what i mean by that is um be vulnerable vulnerable for a minute um there are and i know I've known people like this who don't come to God because they don't believe they will be forgiven. And I've seen it turn them bitter and angry to God because in their minds they believe God won't forgive them. And so that anger, you know, turns into resentment and it just... It's a deep root. It's a deep, deep root. And then they end up hating God over something that isn't God's fault. God wants to. He says, whosoever may come... Uh, he's eager to forgive. But again, here we are relying on our own understanding, thinking our ways are God's ways because uh, we've limited his capacity to forgive us, to change us. And that becomes a barrier. The lack of believing in forgiveness, I think, becomes a huge barrier for a lot of people. Mm. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't have to be some giant heinous thing. It just you You just don't believe that. God forgives you or God loves you. And so, you know, we we take the suffering of our lives and we turn that into this is evidence of God's not loving me. You know, this is evidence of God not wanting to give me forgiveness because I suffer every day. And so what what would you say to that, Al? There's an anecdote. There's there's a, there's, there's something that can be done. There's a remedy. Mm-hmm. I, I love the song uh, by David Crowder called Remedy and uh, encourage our listeners to check that out. However, there is a remedy. And it's truth. It's truth. We can say that because it's true and with a capital T. And there's just no denying it. And so I, we would enc- I would encourage someone just to humble themselves before God if they've in that, been in that place. And look, you and I both have been. Yeah. And so we, it, we, we can speak from experience that if you humble yourself before a loving God who's able to forgive— not always an easy thing because we're just so prideful, yeah. and that's part of the deal. Um, but if you do, if you do, I would challenge people to even try that, just to say, look, go somewhere and go before God and just talk with Him and just say, look, I am sorry before you. I know I don't deserve it, and if you don't forgive, you know, if you don't forgive me, I would understand. However, He will forgive you, and with a contrite heart, that is one that is truly sorry. And most of the time, people are sorry. They understand that, you know, their sin has hurt other people. Mm. There's a consequence to it. They are in a position where they deserve to be judged. You know, you don't have to convince someone of that usually. They're just, I'm guilty. I'm guilty, and I deserve what I should get. But... 
That's what grace is. That's what mercy is. Is mercy is getting what you don't deserve, mm. and and that is forgiveness and restoration. And it doesn't maybe happen overnight, but if you do humble yourself, there's your starting point. Like David did here, he he put it before. It's like opening someone else's mail. We get to see David's heart, and then he goes, "Look, I've been around long enough. I know you, God, and I, it's not the first time I've sinned." This is a big. These are some big ones, though, and yeah, you know, there were consequences. He lost that child mm. because Bathsheba conceived, and and he they, he lost the child, and that so grieved him. But he he realized it's some tender verses that he talks about. But he says, "I know I'll see him again, that baby." Yeah, you know, and and uh, so those are tender verses uh, that he speaks about that, and he's vulnerable. He writes it down. Again, God inspired him to do so, so that other people can live this too. Receive that forgiveness. Again, not cheap, but you have to humble yourself. And and then God's going to use that even too. But you'll feel that. His bones felt all but crushed. Mm. There was that spiritual falling away from the Lord. Not a total separation, but, you know, there was some distance, distancing in that relationship. It was hurt, but not severed. His bones felt crushed, so there was a physical consequence, too, that, that, that overtook. And we see that, too, in people, too, that, that yeah. just sin has a physical effect. And But, yeah, they, people do dig their feet in and just say, like, no, no, I'm not. I mean, we did the Lord's Supper. And I'm not trying to call out anyone in that. I, no one's worthy. Mm. But we do the Lord's Supper, and I was like, you know what? If things are goofed up in your life and you've made some mistakes, and you know you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, there's no better time than to celebrate and to take that communion because it just is—it's a humbling thing. But it's like I have seen some people like, oh no. I'm in such a state now, I can't take it. No, I think it's a better state. I mean, not to take it lightly, not to be sinning and just say, like, I'm still going to take it. Mm-hmm. That's not correct. He talked that to the Corinthians about that, that that was not that not, not appropriate. But if you've, you're sinning and you're really, truly, you're sorry and you want to be restored, there's the time to take it. And I just see people that just don't take it. Now, some of them don't have that relationship with the Lord yet. But, boy, there's a, t- there's a chance for someone to then be restored Go before the mercy seat of God. Uh, understand that, you know, he gave his body for us. Well, we don't take it because we're righteous, no. right? No, we take it because he said, remind, I want you to remember what I did for you. Exactly. Now, we're made righteous by Jesus Christ, yes. but he didn't say take it only when you're pure and clean. Right. He, you know, when you have no problems in your life, when you've never uh, offended someone, he said, no, take it and to remember me. To do this. And I, I believe, yes, that's well said. Thank you. It brings us back into that relationship. Yes, sometimes there's consequences. You know, we have kids and, and they make mistakes and, and they're like, okay, you know, I, I'm sorry. First, it's, I'm sorry I got caught, but you know, I'm, mm. so, I'm sorry, truly, that, that I, I let you down. Right. You, you counter on me. I said I wouldn't do it. I did it. I'm sorry. I really am. I wish there was some way to undo it. I can't. Sometimes, you know, we have to suffer the consequences of that, you know, and make good on whatever, you know, things were broken or what have you. Um, sometimes we have to do some time. Uh, maybe it is in a case. There are some penalties for sin that, that we can't totally escape. Uh, the consequences are the better way to say it. But forgiveness before God, it's available. Amen. But yeah, it's important that people, I suppose, really know the context of things. 
because uh, we can create our own personal religiosity, mm-hmm. you know, and convince ourselves. We're prone to do that, actually. Oh, absolutely. Convince ourselves that we have made ourselves unworthy, that we cannot be forgiven, that, you know, we have to do a certain ritual or work even harder or do anything. Some sort of penance or something like that. Right. Um, You know, I have an upbringing where, you know, we were taught that, you know, we had to do penance and say more prayers. And and I have come to find that that's just like really not good teaching, not good theology. I don't don't believe the Bible supports that, that if you do more, that you're going to then somehow gain favor and a better position. We can't outdo God. And he made the way through his son, Jesus Christ. And and the Holy Spirit will confirm that, too. I mean, ask him. Ask him. Actually, I asked this last Sunday. I was like, okay, ask God. Are you his? Ask him. Ask him right now. Lord, am I yours? See, see what kind of impression you're, you're given in that. And, and I was like, almost without question, I know that God said resoundingly, yes, yes, I love you. I love you. You can do better, you know, and I'm and, and I'm here to help. And but I forgive you, if you're if you're truly sorry, he'll forgive you, and he'll by no means cast you away. That's his heart. He he made us. He desires to have a relationship with us. It only stands to reason. Uh, we're made for another world, really. We're not citizens of this world, and we we come to a realization of that uh, when we enter into relationship. And David pleads with the Lord, Oh Lord, open my lips in verse 15 and my mouth will declare your praise. You don't delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You don't take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh Lord, oh God, you will not despise. If, if you're sorry mm. and, and, and you have a, a spirit that yields to him, that's a broken spirit, a, a yielding spirit and a, and a sorrowful heart for that sin that you've committed, that's better than any bull that you can sacrifice before him or anything that you can do. You know, I've seen it on TV where people walk through the streets in Spain or something like that, and they're carrying their cross because they know they're sinful, but then they, they got whips and they're whipping themselves, you know, left and right, and they do this for mile upon mile, like, that's going to improve their position? I mean, it's ludicrous to see it and then to, to think, but in smaller ways, we do that, too. Mm-hmm. I remember making mistakes as a kid, you know, and going to a confession and, and then and then being saying, like, ooh, this is... <laughs> and then I'm out there and they're like, you got to say all these prayers and do all these things, you know, to get right again, you know? And I remember I was like, my dad's there, he gave me a ride, you know, and, and he's like, whoa, what's taking so long? You know, it's like, I had all these prayers. He's like, okay, go say all these prayers, you know, to get right before God again. I'm like, dad's thinking, you must have done something really bad. And it was like, well, God is looking for the heart, not the act, I think is what you're trying to say is, uh, is that he wants the heart because without the heart, everything is just an act. Yeah. It's not, there's no real change. And Jesus was after the heart. That's why he set all those rules about it's been said that, you know, if a man sleeps with another man's wife, that it's adultery. But I tell you, if you lust after in your heart, you've committed the same. You know, if, if um, you know, you know, it's wrong to kill your brother. But if you hate your brother in your heart, I'm telling you, you've committed murder already. So, I mean, Jesus was really after the heart and wanting to change that. And the world is so provocative and, and tries to capture you into that. It's just like, mm. that's why just so much of the, the videos nowadays and, and the music that's just like, it's absolute 
garbage, <laughs> in my opinion. So much, I mean, if you try to find some redeeming value in, in videos that come on and, and degrade women and display them in a way that's n- not wholesome and and then swearing and that sort of, how can that be pleasing to God? But people fall into that. Right. And then they open their windows and blast it. It's like that's the world we live in. So it's front and center. Sin, you know, in the end days, it said that bad is going to be called good and good is going to be called bad. It's almost like, are we in the last days? <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. Jesus said he's going to come back. I'm okay with that. Mm. I'm okay with that. And so here's the deal is like we, we run from that. We flee that. Uh, if we do, you know, make a mistake. Here and there, hopefully it's less and less. They're not the big ones, you know. And, and so, but irregardless, should they be a big one and, and, and you are his, he says, come back to me. Here, be sorrowful, ask for forgiveness, uh, a contrite heart, and yield before me and, and you will be healed. Then this interesting thing happens. He, David's asking to, for the Lord to open his lips and that his mouth will declare your praise. And so, you know, there's a good part, too. Let the praises start. I think that's part of this understanding of forgiveness is like, oh, thank you, Lord. You know, so we start with prayers of thanksgiving and praises to him. Praise be to the God that will take us back. You know, there's the loving Father. Amen. You know, there's nothing that we can do that's going to separate us. Nothing, he says. You know, I mean, in Romans 8, it's just, I'm reminded of that. It's nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8. If I was on a desert island and I could only have <laughs> one book out of the Bible, um, I think I would take Romans. <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. Out of the book of Romans, if I could only have one chapter, I think I'd take eight. And we know in verse 28, it says that in all things, God works the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. See, he pre-knew us. He predestined us to be conformed to the likeness of his son. It goes on to say... Now in all these things, in verse 37, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, okay, none of that stuff, living or dying, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. Nothing. It, it names it all. <laughs> in case there's any any question, it says anything height, low, high, left, right, demons, angels, nothing. Death, life, nothing can separate us, including sin, too. And so we begin to praise God. Praise you, Lord, for the for your creation in the in those uh, as you call them thin whales. They're fin whales. Fin whales. <laughs> to see the the fin whale mm. praise you in that creation. You begin to just praise the goodness of the Lord and praise you that you and I, Seth, can have a friendship and sit across the table from each other. Praise you that we we have the clothes on our back mm. and, and God's given us, uh, you know, wheels that we can drive to the store with and what have you. And, you know, a family and a hope and a future. Praise you, God. We sat on the edge of a field in Maryland at dusk. It was a little beyond dusk. And it was just a wheat field and or hay field. And, but it wasn't so high that you couldn't see this herd of deer that were there. And it was just just enough light that you could see them. Mm. And then covered in that field were all these lightning bugs. Just 
tens of thousands of them. And so if you can just, our listeners picture that, just it's lightning in a bottle mm. to be able to view that. And my first thought was that, God, you are magnificent. You show your creation is beyond words to describe how great you are. Your name is above all names. And so we begin to praise and just and, and worship him. And, and that forgiveness then comes. That forgiveness comes. Amen. In fact, uh, it's not just a personal forgiveness, but it, it, it then begins to go and, and affect other people that we begin to share those praises. And uh, you love the sound of that flipping Bible. <laughs> I do, too. Um, here, we're going to end this psalm then. In your good pleasure, verse 18, make Zion prosper, build the walls of Jerusalem, then there will be righteous sacrifices, whole burnt offerings to delight you, then bowls will be offered to your altar. He, he's talking about a place that it's just, then we're restored and we can get on with life. We can serve you. We can be effective in our in our serve too. And uh, and other people too, the city that we live in, the blessed place of Jerusalem, you know, that there's something special about that place. And he's talking about a future, a present, and he's forgiven our past. So what a beautiful psalm. Amen. Well, friends, you've been listening to a Sheltered by Jesus radio podcast. We're broadcasting from Skowhegan, Maine, Central Maine. Uh, we have a, a shelter here, and it's more like a home, too. But we're trying to do God's work, and we hope you've enjoyed this. Thank you for uh, listening in, making us part of your day. You can learn more about us by going to sheltersbyjesus.com, and you can see our documentary. What a great documentary. If you haven't seen that, uh, also there's some books that God has led Pastor to write, uh, including starting, it talks about the startup of this shelter and and just some real, truly miracles that God has on display. And we'd like to just praise him for that. We can be contacted by phone, 207-474-8833. May the Lord bless you, dear listener. Be gracious towards you. Receive his forgiveness. May you be forgiven. May he restore you as as you come before him such that you can then uh, sing his praises. And may God give you peace. Until next time, God bless you all. 